Hey, this is Lovely Creatures. I think going to rehab, the low moment was where I'm planning my new relapse. Okay, let's let's get into it. So, uh, welcome back. Uh, this is uh, this is lovely creatures with uh, Drew and Emma. We're in Toronto at the ORC, the Ontario Regional Conference of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we have the uh, pleasure of having a, a new guest with us, Yovita. Welcome. Hello, nice to be here. Nice to see <laughs> you. Nice to see you. How's it going? It's going. Uh, it's going okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the topic? The topic is going to be let's talk about relapse a little bit there because we go. I think it's a I think it's a pertinent topic. It's one that a lot of people struggle with. It's either uh, you know it's not a perfect system. Alcoholics Anonymous, you don't come in. You know necessarily everybody comes in their first day and stays sober f- for the rest of their life. Some do, but many don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there's a whole ball of wax attributed to mm-hmm. you know relapse. What that means. Mm-hmm. You know why people relapse why people you know go out again and and do some field research as they say and then (laughs) the struggles of coming back in after that relapse and how the system of Alcoholics Anonymous reacts to it you know the four of us sitting here so we have you we have me you is here and Tim our producer I've relapsed yeah you haven't Tim has oh yeah I I relapsed in and out for two years before I got sober so three out of four of us here have yeah let's you know what it's a a great place to start so let's talk what what Mm. what do you consider a relapse like what is a relapse to you is it like you know one day in AA and then you're out or what is it oh that's a very you know I haven't thought of it um so I, I do actually differentiate between relapse and a slip which is funny because uh relapse to me is is really uh giving into that sort of darkness where you're like I'm done with uh not necessarily the program but i'm done with uh abstinence uh i also differentiate between abstinence and sobriety but i'm done with abstinence as in not drinking uh and i'm gonna just uh i don't call it doing research i'm just gonna go and die because uh that's a a fair instinct that a lot of us have Mm -hmm. um so relapse for you is an intentional act it's i don't know how intentional it is but it's certainly one of those where it's like fuck it you know where where I, in the past, um, you know, with my first major relapse, I remember coming to a point where I made a deal with myself because one of my biggest fears about relapse was that, um, you know, I had a baby at the time and we had these like very steep stairs and I thought, what if I pick him up during a blackout and try to go up or down the stairs and fall down and something happens? And I think the lowest moment of my relapse at that time was thinking, let's be it, you know, that that may happen. And actually considering, like literally considering, you know, a possible harm to myself, who cares about that? But to him right. uh, was the lowest point. That was actually one of the points, you know, one of the breakthroughs that brought me back to the rooms. Uh, and then the second one was actually like injuring myself some in some horrible way and also saying like, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm totally okay with that. I'm done with, you know, uh, looking a certain way and being a certain way. I'm okay with that. Uh, so I think that's like the lowest point. And I, I think that to me is a relapse. I have had episodes um, in, in my long A career. It's been more than 12 years where I've gone out for like one drink or two drinks and nothing happened afterwards. It didn't lead into like, 
you know, that kind of hotel room that we're sitting in right now. It didn't lead into anything tragic, cops, nothing like that. And then I came back immediately and continued with, uh, you know, with, uh, with being in a program. So, um, so I know a program is abstinence based. I also do believe that, um, there are some slight differences between, you know, full on relapse and like, I'm going to go out there for one day. I mean, when, which is not to say, Oh, I'm encouraging people to try it for one day and see if it works because sometimes that will read exactly to a relapse. I was just lucky that, um, you know, that's not what happened with me because my physical cravings were not as strong at that right. time. So, right. yeah, it's an interesting d- distinction between the two. And it's uh, you never know if it's just one exactly. drink or 32 or exactly. 500. So that's yeah. that's always the point. And it sounds to me like your relapses. There's a there's a lot of consciousness going on. You're making calculations of who's going to be hurt or they're not going to be hurt. That's intense. Like that's an intense state of mind to be in. Um, No, I mean it more in a in a way where. Where, you know, where you find yourself at this point, it's like sobriety, there's, you know, on, on one hand and then relapse on the other. And then relapse wins when you say, you know, fuck sobriety, fuck the program, my sponsor, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. I'm actually really comfortable and not only comfortable, but relieved and feeling a sense of freedom and relapse. And I've heard someone say mm-hmm. this before. Uh, I remember walking by uh a homeless person you know passed out on the ground and then i was like i remember looking at him and thinking wow i've never seen someone who's more like who's been freer before he's got nothing to worry about like i mean i'm sure he was dying and but i thought like that's it there's no family there's no like you know health issues whatever like he's he's way better off than i am in my like at that time struggle between you know relapse and then right and then coming back to the room fighting so, it is almost yeah. harder so I was than like, just this fuck is it. freedom this mm-hmm. to me is freedom <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a twist on so uh take us back to the last relapse take us you know the mo- the what was going on before you relapsed like give us it gives a feeling give us a headspace of where you were at and what it felt like and where it took you I don't think my res- last relapse was that interesting. I okay, wanted, the one I <laughs> take us to the take us to the one that demonstrates the most no, these two states. I think right? I think that's important. But the big one uh, was after I, you know, three and a half years of sobriety. I I was very happy in a program. I changed groups a lot. I changed sponsors, but I was like, I was getting it. And uh, and then I got pregnant and I got busy. Um, and people, you do hear in meetings a lot, you know, getting busy and getting like. You know, getting a new boyfriend, getting a new job, getting new something that I think, you know, uh, being an agnostic, I think it's it's a funny it's almost like a substitute for higher power, whatever that new thing is, you know, where you like where you forget your purpose and you're like, okay, this new thing is going to be the thing. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to miss meetings and I'm going to like, you know, I'm just going to take it easy with the program when it comes to that. So what happens in my case, it was pregnancy and it was starting a new family um and then also so here's i think here's what happens and i've heard this many times in meetings and i and i I don't want to say this is you know everybody's experience but it has been my experience where i i felt absolutely 100 percent normal uh for the first time ever after having this baby and after having people over at my house and you know there was someone who didn't know that i was in the program and they were like you know, you deserve to celebrate, like have a glass of champagne and, 
you know, the my, my guards were not on, you know, around, so they were like, oh, champagne's not a good idea, like maybe ginger ale. And then and I was, I took that glass of champagne as if it was like, as if it was ginger ale, because I thought like, absolutely, I deserve this. I was in labor for, you know, 24 hours. There's this new baby, everybody's celebrating. You guys look happy. No one's passed out on the floor. <laughs> I am exactly <laughs> just like you. There's and, no red flags, apparently. And, and I was exactly just like them. I had a great time at that particular party. Um, and then, you know, what happened a month or two after that was... Um, and this is another twist, too, is that the I find that relapses, you know, it's al- we always try to find, you know, what what precedes them, what leads to them. Like, is there any sort of thinking? In my case, it was uh, um, I felt really happy and euphoric and I felt very um, I felt OK, like I felt really OK. And then I had this, you know, this family and this new baby. And I remember one time. My partner went out and I was alone with the baby and then um, we had booze around the house, which was never a problem before. And he was out and I felt a little bit like, nah, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be by by myself with this baby. And like, he's asleep anyway, you know, infants sleep forever. So I was like, I'm going to have some drinks. Um, and because my tolerance was so low after, you know, a long period of sobriety, I, I passed out. It was not pretty. You know, he showed up. I was on the floor the baby was crying it was not you know um it was not cool at all but i don't know what happened after like it's funny because i don't know what happened after that 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 led me to want to continue you know that that was like that opened the gates like Mm. big time and Mm -hmm. it was like i want to do this again Mm -hmm. but this time i'm gonna do it better And then, okay, well, that didn't work. And we so know I'm what better do means. Do you mean we know better, what better like, means. I'll control the consequences or I'm going to go full out this time? No, I'm no, gonna I'm going to control around. it. I'm okay. going to, like, so I came up with this, like, I had this, like, you know, I'm fairly organized. I had this whole system where it was, like, you know, there was, like, feeding time, like, because I was still breastfeeding as well. And I was, you know, I, I researched online how long it takes for alcohol to get out of breast milk and, um you know, so I was like, okay, it's seven to eight hours. I set up alarm clocks on my computer because I was writing at the time. Um, so and it would, so it was it was very interesting thing where I was juggling two kinds of bottles. Ones were of formula <laughs> because I didn't want to breastfeed him a lot, and then ones were you know the bottles mm-hmm. that I stashed in the in the bottom of the stroller of all places because nobody will look there because that's where the diapers are. Right. Um, and and then I thought, I'm going to only drink after everybody goes to bed. I, I'm going to put the baby to bed. Husband's going to go to bed. It's 9.30. I'm going to watch my favorite show, which is The Intervention. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I'm watching that show is also because there is still, still that part of me that's like, maybe by watching that show, I will figure out the way to stop it because I'm no longer going to meetings. Um, or I go to meetings, but like, you know, you can't see this, but like with my arms crossed and right. kind of like going like, <laughs> really? Like, you loser. Anyway, but um, so and, 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 you know, this is, uh, I think as with any relapse, whether there's a b- new baby or some sort of situation, like, uh, there's an, a huge component of isolation. You feel completely yeah. isolated and yeah. lonely. And the more isolated and lonely you feel, the less you want to be with other people and especially happy, clappy people of AA. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you yeah. go into some meetings and you're like, I just want to fucking kill you mm-hmm. with your smiles and with your like, I got five days and I'm sober. And I'm like, listen, I got 
like I can barely like you know open my eyes. That's how how hungover I am. So. Um, and what in that what in that period? What was the darkest moment that you can kind of like? Where did you end? Where, um, where did it end for the you? The darkest moment was uh, you know certainly going to rehab was no fun. But I also went to rehab and kind of like this is this is also uh, a totally different topic. You guys should touch on which is denial of an alcoholic because my denial was like. I'm going to rehab to do research because I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a book about <laughs> drinking. Uh, so therefore, I'm going to rehab, not because there's a problem, but because I'm going there to do research. But once I got to that rehab, and it was not one of those pretty, like, fancy rehabs. It right. was, like, the worst one ever. It was co-ed. It was, like, it was a shit show. It was, right. like, worse than prison. I don't know. I've never been to prison, so maybe it wasn't worse. But it was, like, pre- it was pretty bad. Right. It was pretty bad. Um, but... Ha- I think going to rehab, the low moment was where I sat there and I I thought everything was funny and ridiculous and people were ridiculous. And a lot of people in that rehab were not there to get sober. They were there to like wait out their, you know, mafia bosses or some crazy stuff. Like, as I said, it was not a pretty place. Um, but also feeling like I'm planning my new relapse. And... It would have not been on alcohol because I thought, okay, well, I'm an alcoholic. I can't drink. So I'm going to do E because yeah. I like E mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like, and it's not addictive, you know? That's so right. I think, you know, looking back, having that plan and then executing it shortly after I left was like, that was pretty low. And, um, you know, what, um, I mean, what, what happened in the end was, uh, I've I've never had um I was very lucky because like nothing happened to my son. I somehow managed to and, and sounds absolutely ridiculous and paradoxical, but somehow I managed to be quite a responsible parent despite my drinking. Like I still like adhere to this crazy, you know, alarm clock system and like waking up and going to bed like not waking up. I barely slept, but like, you know, drinking only after a certain time of uh, period of time. Um but um, but yeah, that realization that like I'm gonna pick him up one day, I'm gonna fall down the stairs, something's gonna happen, and I'm okay with it. Uh, the the part of being okay with dying is yeah. the lowest point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the lowest point. It's also the most liberating point mm-hmm. in a relapse because you can go either way, because you can stay in that point and and people overdose and die, and then you can bounce back from it i i did um but you know um how i don't know i mean it was after you know a certain event when i went riding my bike in high heels and fell off the bike in the middle of the street and came home without shoes on and then i was like but it also i mean yeah this is the important moment i think that the, the moment when the relapse stopped or that horrible period stopped was where i was like i actually don't want to lie anymore because the lying is way more difficult than facing consequences and the consequences at that time because i'm i'm you know despite being uh, in denial and dishonest i was like no no i'm gonna call ca as children's aid society i'm gonna call the police i'm gonna make myself accountable and the reason why i had that train of thought is because i had spent three and a half years in the a so i was like only honesty will like fix this and then having these consequences versus like oh no i could go home and tell my husband oh you know i fell off the bike because i had a concussion and and you know my husband was not uh 
I don't want to say anything badly about him, but he was in an, an enabler in a way that he just didn't want to face what was going on. So he would have bought that story, possibly. He would have told me, you know, you can you have another chance. Uh, but I just had that moment where I was like, um, lying and facing all the consequences versus not lying and telling exactly what's happening is a way better option. Mm is such a way better option and i am going to fucking crawl back into those stupid meetings <laughs> isn't <laughs> that the isn't that the real real freedom right there is to just say it like it is because yeah. then there's not two lives then yeah. there's no two choices it's just yeah. it it is the way it is yeah but we like to live two lives of course and two lives two lives and two lives freudian slip but i love uh, it i mean when i'm lying I'm in complete control of my reality. I'm telling you this. I'm telling you that. I'm in yeah. control. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the master. Yeah. But I'm also alone with that. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else knows. No, I, nobody can come into that world. Absolutely. That's yeah. just, it's me and only me. And yeah. it's, it's also like, you know, when you're consumed with that, because you'd already been in AA, mm -hmm. it didn't sound like, well, I can keep doing this god-awful mm -hmm. lifestyle or I can have this miraculously happy life. It didn't really sound like either one was appealing. No. But that, that moment where you're able to pierce the darkness just yeah. with the blatant truth yeah it's almost i i know that feeling yeah. of just of yeah. just it's it's like you you it's it, it's like a a wild yeah. a wild swing in the dark yeah of just if yeah. nothing else i know how to tell the truth yeah i know the difference between the line yeah, and the and truth I, right yeah and i think that's the only i think that's the only like reward or sort of light at the end of the town you know proverbial tunnel that is that um, but there were no guarantees like there was it was like it wasn't like I was going to come home and tell the truth. And then like my husband was going to like clap his hands and be like, you know, let's go to Hawaii to celebrate your sobriety because he's I've lied to him so many times that he was like he would just roll his eyes, you know. Um, so I I actually went home with, you know, the stroller and sort of like, um, yeah, and and barely walking because I fell off that bike the night before and stuff like that um who knows if concussed or not like i went back and i was like i was prepared to like go to a shelter i was prepared to like you know not have my baby for some time i was prepared to answer every single question and that seemed like um absolutely fine because like the you know the opposite was so so exhausting and right yeah the it, truth isn't for us the truth uh, the truth, the truth isn't, isn't for others isn't it's for, for us. the external yeah it's, yeah. it's more yeah. like i need to breathe yeah how was coming back to aa how was that for you uh-huh that's good uh -huh. so what i did is i i reached out through email to friends that i knew and uh um one of them was josh <laughs> mm -hmm. uh and there were some other friends that i i considered close um and josh was uh out of a couple people i remember he was the only one that answered without any questions without any sort of like oh like how long do you have like you know what do you he was like if you need to go to a meeting if you need to reach out it was just like it was a very simple practical pragmatical like like okay i'm here whatever yeah. like here's That's my number him. you know you know me whatever and then i had other responses that were like uh no thank you <laughs> what do you and mean no thank you um 
I'm I'm not ready to take on this whatever responsibility of bringing ah, you back okay. to the meeting. So so this is you know this is the part where I could go into the oh I'm gonna shit on some AA members and like say you know but it's I mean we're all human at the end of the day you know like I I had that resentment against you know couple people you know not reaching out <laughs> with the hand of AA <laughs> when help was needed uh, but I also understand this like having had myself a few situations uh as a sober member of AA and having people you know continuously uh go in and out and in and out and in and out and I know how it goes exhausting it gets and and you know um I don't think that reflects so badly on the program I think it's just people have you know limited cap you know capabilities and boundaries and whatever and like you know if I reached out to someone and I said I need help and they're like Actually, right now I'm taking care of myself and my boundaries are not allowing for new, new fucked up newcomers. Like, all right, that's fine. You know, right. what I did is uh, after my, my relapse, like I've gone to a couple meetings to like try them out, shop around again as, as, a, like, as if I was a newcomer. And some didn't work for me because some were like we're more strict than like not, you know. And I've struggled a lot with, uh, with my belief in higher power that, uh, some of us choose to call God and I found very at home with uh, you know the agnostic groups where where I found you know again it was one of those places where no one asked questions specifically when it was like you're back cool like you know here's your seat and it's just as valid as any other seat in this room um, and I continued to go to this group and and you know um, very rarely there actually I hear people you know well, I have 10 years of sobriety and then this is therefore something, whatever, Wh which I did here in other rooms and I developed my own resentments, my own prejudices. And this is something that I don't necessarily, you know, enjoy. So I don't go uh, to those meetings, but I go to the ones that that nourish me and that um, that I find um, like I belong there, you know. Um, but I mean, as as a, I don't know. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think we're going to wrap it up with that. Thank you Thank so you. much Thank for you, being Yuvita. here. Good time. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, enjoy the conference. I do like your dress, Andrew. It's there you go. I'm Thank sorry you. about that. If only you guys could see it, it would be amazing. Thanks, Yuvita. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. So, guys, we don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. We're just a few members trying to stay sober and maybe help someone else along the way. So we would like to thank the people who put this podcast together. Joshua, Tim, Mio, Drew, and I'm Emma. Original music in this podcast was created by Jeffrey Moon. Jeff, you're the best. <laughs>